Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing the new Starbucks Pistachio Cream Cold Brew. Silky Pistachio Cream Cold Foam tops our bold, smooth cold brew for a delicious twist on a favorite winter flavor. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. Oh, we're in for a long one. A long weekend, that is. And you deserve to spend it on the couch with a glass of something good. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered quickly. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Somebody, get you some facts right here. Get you some facts. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan. And as always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening, and please think about leaving us a nice, friendly review today. That would really make my day. So, on the show, I welcome Sunny Sweeney as she comes to us from her home in Austin, Texas. Sunny has been playing country music since she first learned guitar as a kid and made her family watch her perform around the house. Her ease on the stage and behind the microphone is apparent when you hear her perform, which you can do with her latest release, recorded live at the Machine Shop Recording Studio. In this episode, I ask her about some of her past songs, what brought on her bad girl phase, and how life has helped shape her as a songwriter and performer. Please give a big warm welcome to Miss Sunny Sweeney. At the top of the stairs. Watching the evening news with a couple of beers I only call my husband baby because I love the word Never wanted something so bad that it hurts Even give up these damn old cigarettes if I could have a bottle. How are you today? I'm good, how are you? Just lovely, thank you. And okay, you're in Austin, you're hail from Texas originally. Um, and then I want to kind of just jump back early on in your story. And I, I just had to wonder because you're, you seem like such a natural performer. Have you always felt as though you would be a singer and performer? Um, I honestly just didn't want to get a job where I had to sit at a desk. Um, (laughs) and I, I mean, I kind of, in answer to your question, yes. I mean, I've my whole life, like put like shows on for my family and you know the whole thing like the whole 
as you would imagine a four-year-old would be that's in my profession now, like always, you know, tap shoes instead of regular shoes, um, that whole thing, just trying to get attention. There's a bunch of kids in my family. And so we all would fight for the attention. And so the louder you were, the more attention you got. And (laughs) so I, I always tried to do that. And, um, um, and was encouraged to do that, you know, and so, yeah. And so, yes, I guess I've always been a quote performer, but I didn't actually start doing this professionally until after college. Well, that's a great segue into my next question, but to go back to that, that is the vision that I have a lot of times of this, you know, eight year old girl who's just like, everyone's sitting there watching something on the TV at night and you're just like standing in front of the TV doing your thing oh. and just being like, eyes here, people. <laughs> yeah, you make a better door than a window, Sonny. That's what they would say. So I'd be standing in front, you know. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so you started a band right after you finished college and then started gigging pretty much right away around Austin and then it sounds like it spread it out throughout Texas. And then I'm always interested in this, just you've been doing it for quite a while now. What are some fond memories you have of that time looking back at, at those days? Well, I mean, you know, I'm from East Texas and people where I'm from don't, uh, well, I mean, some people do, but, but a lot of people that are, that are from where I'm from don't travel, Yep. you know, all over the world. And I feel like shortly after I started playing music, I had a guitar player that was Norwegian for a while and he hooked me up with some Norwegians. And so like, I went, I went to Norway. I honestly didn't even know where Norway was when I got on the plane to go there. Even better. Well, like I really, I knew that it was, you know, far away. And I, I looked on a globe to see where it was and was kind of like shocked that that that's where we were going but but it like lit a fire in me to really want to be able to travel that's what we were talking about earlier and you like I've now been to like 20 countries and 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 it shocks me my my bass player is from Oklahoma in a small town we're from near where I'm from and we talk about that all the time we're like people people where we're from don't normally get to do these things you know Uh and it just it still shocks me. We went to Japan last year and for a gig, which was the great. It's still every day. I'm not exaggerating. Every single day, I think about Japan. Like I, I had, I had the best time in Japan. I love Asia, and I love just the the mentality of everyone over there and the food. And they loved country music. It completely oh, so blew. Funny blew my mind there was a welcome wagon in the middle of the (laughs) night in the uh whatever airport we were at kumamoto airport at like one in the morning people standing there with signs welcoming us i'm like is this happening i I can't yeah i mean i I, we have photos of it like we were shocked and um it it was just amazing but anyway like I, i can't believe that i've gotten to travel the world because of something doing something that I love 
I mean, that is the absolute dream right there to me. I can't even imagine. You can't tee it up better than that as like the school counselor's like, what would you like to do? Like, you're not even, no one's (laughs) going to dream that big. (laughs) I mean, because you don't, you're not told that you can do stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And so that's what Dylan, well, my, my guitar player is from a small town as well. Um, and my bass players from a small town and, and we've all talked about that. Just, we're not supposed, we're not told that we can do these things. And so the fact that actually being a professional musician has allowed us to travel literally the world, you know, playing yep. music, it, yep. it is mind blowing. It is mind blowing. I mean, that just, you've, you've, you've found the success that, I mean, there's always like a way to reach for more. It's always good to like set higher and higher goals. But, you know, if, I think I, I hear this on Dak Shepard's podcast a lot because he says to people all the time, he's like, if if I ask my 10 year old self, like you've been in movies, um, you've directed movies, you've made this much money, like that 10 year old would be so excited to hear that that's what their life was. And so it's like yeah. always good to give yourself that perspective because you can get lost in it and be like, but I'm still not selling out arenas. No. And I, I catch myself doing that sometimes where, where I put so much pressure on myself to do something, but then I, I kind of have like a reality check and go, stop it. You have played the Grand Ole Opry 50 times. You've, yeah been nominated for an, you know, an award, like you, I mean, all of those things have exceeded any expectation that I had. All I wanted to do was get paid, you know, in beer and burgers to play music for tips. (laughs) Like I'm serious. I had no, I had no concept of what was possible in this business. I had no concept. So were you always writing songs during this time or were you doing covers and looking for songs written by other artists to record? Like when did you kind of step into the songwriter boots? So, um, I wish I remembered what year it was exactly, but I think it was 2000. Um, I think it was 2000 or 2000. No, it was 2001. I think cause it was when I graduated. I think it was like two months before I graduated, but my, my stepdad bought me a guitar because my stepdad plays guitar and my uncles play guitar. And like Mm -hmm. they had offered to teach me when I was younger and I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it because I thought that's what old people did, you know, (laughs) because they were old and they were, or actually they were my age now, but they were old at the time. And, and I was like, Ew, I don't want anything to do with what these old people are doing. But anyway, once I graduated, um, did not want to get a job. Okay. Like <laughs> did not want to get a job. I read all. that it was PR too. That was your degree. So and I loved my job, my degree. Like I wanted to be an entertainment publicist and, uh, and I would have been really good at that, I think, but, but also I would have had to work for someone else. And I, I don't do that very well. You, you know, like both, I, sister. <laughs> I, I mean, I will find a way to not have a boss so fast. I mean, cause I feel like I'm a good boss. All my employees think I'm a good boss. I mean, I'm an, you know, I'm probably a little demanding, but like that, comes with the job. I mean, so that's the, boss. but I'm a good, I'm a good boss. And they've told me that. And so, but anyway, I just did not want to get a job. And so 
I called my stepdad and was like, Hey, remember when you offered to teach me guitar when I was like 11, will you buy me a guitar and teach me? He's like, I'm sorry, what? And so, um, I had to go basically with my tail between my legs and ask him to do that. And he did it willingly. And within two weeks I had a gig now. Wow. I use, I use the term gig very lightly because, um, (laughs) it was, it was a gig. I, I did, you know, I got hired to do this gig, but it was at a very low end venue. Um, where in in Austin, there's a bunch of, you know, venues where you can cut your teeth and, and learn what exactly to do without a lot of people there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Except, for sure. except for my parents who were there and, and my sister and stuff and my cousins were there, but, um, you know, my parents, my mom especially is like, she'll remember that gig sometimes and be like, Sonny, there was like five minutes in between songs sometimes because we were like discussing what to do, you know, like we were basically having a rehearsal on stage and, and I use the term stage also very loosely, but (laughs) anyway, it was, I would not trade. I, I was I was doing a lot of cover songs in those days. In answer to your question, yes, because I hadn't written a lot of songs. I'd only written two songs. Okay. Um, but the first song that I ever wrote ever was "Slow Swing" in Western Tunes, which is on my first album. Slow swing in Western. Jukebox late last June. This was the way a love song should start. You play it in reverse and you get yourself a broken heart. He left her a year ago. Yeah, okay, you did write that one. Yeah, I wrote that one, um, I think maybe like three days after I learned how to play a couple of chords on the guitar. Wow. Um, and, and I played it for my stepdad and he was like, Whoa, that's definitely not bad. Like, wow. And, um, anyway, I, I feel fortunate that that, I mean, I've, I've written a bunch of shitty songs. Like, let's not, let's be honest. Everyone has, you have to, but, but I feel (laughs) fortunate and I feel like I wrote, that song um shortly after i learned to play guitar i feel like it it's not a great it's not the greatest song of all times but it's a decent song for a first song especially enough to go onto album and and i feel like it inspired me to to try again you know yeah i would think that if you if somebody like if that album's coming together and somebody's just like Hey, this person's got this song, and you're like, "Ooh, I like that." Let's, I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a version of that, and then they're like, "Well, you got anything?" And you like just play them this song, and you get like instant approval. It's gonna do wonders for a person's confidence. I mean, what an well, I think that's what it was was the confidence aspect because I would never compare myself to any of the songwriters that I've covered because they're just so high on a pedestal for me. Like Jim Lauderdale is like one of the best songwriters ever. Yeah. you know and and i think there's two or three of his on my first album and um and then 
Tom Schuyler, who wrote 16th Avenue. He's one of the best songwriters of all time. Um, yeah. So, but I've always been of the mindset. I don't really give two shits who wrote what song. I just want the best songs for the album. Yeah. You know? And so, and I want them to tell a story. So I've always, every record I do, there's always, you know, a couple on there that I didn't write. I don't care who wrote it. I just want, I, I want the best song for the record. Okay. That makes sense. And, and I want to, this is, you do a good job of helping me uh, segue through things. And I appreciate that because I want to talk about a story because on your second album, you found some just larger success with the song From a Table Away. And it is just a, I mean, it's a sad story. And I'm wondering if that's autobiographical at all and where that song came from. It definitely is autobiographical. Um, um, I saw that situation go down. Yeah. Like with my own two eyes. And um, and it, it's, it's heartbreaking to see something like that happen. And I knew that that's what was happening. And so um, basically the very next morning, that was on my birthday actually, um, uh, when that happened. And, wow. or when, and, and then the next Monday I went in to write with a friend of mine, Karen Rochelle, and um, she brought me in on a write with Bob DePiro who, is an amazing songwriter. And I told them the story and, and they were both like, Oh my God, did that really happen? I said, yes, I saw it. I, I know that's what I was witnessing. And they were like, Oh my God, like you cannot make up country material like that, you know? No, and that's so, perfect. um, so we wrote that and, um, and I turned it into my label at the time and they decided to change. We had already picked out another single that we were going to put out and they changed it to that one. So they when do know it. what they're talking about once in a while. <laughs> also <laughs> a very loose term. <laughs> um, okay. So that's obviously kind of just like this really highly emotional, good story. But then as I'm doing my, I, I was driving around um, Spain where I've been. And I put your, I, I started putting your stuff on as I'm getting ready for this interview. And then all of a sudden the foot stomping rocker bad girl phase comes on. And 
and I'm just like, okay, this girl just has so much range. And now I'm getting the picture in my head of you kind of like commanding the stage, whether it's like back when you're not playing as big of a venue, you're at a bar and you've got just like the bar, like if I'm at a bar and that song comes on, I'm turning around and being like, the energy changes in the place. I'm just wondering, you've got to see that with a song like that. Okay, so that song, um, the producer that I used on that album is named Luke Wooten, and I didn't write that song, um, but three girls that I know wrote that song. Such a good one. It's a great song. I love it. And um, Luke sends me a text one day, and he said, I've got a song I want you to listen to. And I was like, okay, cool. Do you want to just send me an MP3 of it? He's like, yeah. And so he sends it. And I wrote him back within like 10 seconds of the first song of the song starting and was like, I want it. That's, that's for me. And then I found out three girls I knew wrote it. It was Jesse, Joe Dillon, Brandy Clark and Shannon. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I'm friends with all of them. And so for a minute, I thought, is this about me? Did they write <laughs> this about me? Because I feel like the song, like I related to it that much. I think we can tell it when you sing it, that you're just like, that this person has lived this, this phase of their life. Exactly. And, and I was, I mean, I've made really bad choices in my life. I've been married twice to the wrong person and to the wrong people. And, and I feel like, um, it's not anything I'm proud of, but it is part of who I am. So whatever. But, um, I feel like that song came along at a time in my life when I was kind of recovering from, from that stuff. And and I was like, well, I never had a chance to go through a bad girl phase. Like, you know, and (laughs) hell yeah. That was my time. Yeah. This is my time, you know? And anyway, I just really related to it. And, um, and I absolutely love that song. I love it. I, I can it. imagine that just like you're writing a set list to go out and play a show. And that's just, that's somewhere in there just because it, like I said, like, I think that that comes on, I obviously haven't ever heard it live, but I would imagine you hear that live and the energy in the place just picks up and you've got everyone's attention just because of the feel of it. It's just, I, I, mm-hmm. I it really drew me in. Okay. So it seems like to me anyway, as you've had more and more life experiences, it has correlated with you becoming a more confident songwriter. And I just wanted to ask if that's something that you thought that, that you might agree with. I do. I feel like also part of it, the, the older you get, the more, um, what's that word? Like the more, I mean, definitely confident. You get more confident because you really don't give a shit what anybody thinks, but, um, but also I'm always more wary of what people are going to think, you know, and not really caring what they think, but, but kind of going like, okay, if I actually sing about this, if I sing about this subject matter, is it going to offend anyone? Is it going to like, I'm, I'm more worried about it offending people now or not offending, but like, um, um, not offending, but like, I, I wouldn't, I wonder if, if it's going to affect people, you know what I mean? Like when yeah, I was yeah. like, when I was like 25 years old, 
I just kind of was like, whatever. I mean, I hope people like this, you know, and now I'm, I know which songs have affected people. And so, um, if I stray from that vein that I know is going to affect people, I, I wonder if like new content is going, you know, a different kind of subject matter is going to affect people in yep. a good way or a bad way, you know? So stay tuned for more song facts podcast right after this. Ever wonder how my voice is bouncing off your eardrums so clean and crispy? No? Well, let me tell you anyway. The Lyra Microphone by AKG brings their legendary acoustic engineering to a versatile USB mic that delivers the highest quality audio in its class. USB connection. This is good for me because of the simplicity and the ability to just plug and play without an interface. You may have gathered from various episodes that I am doing this show on the road, so being that I record most interviews in a different location than the last, it is good for me to know that I have a high-quality, easy-to-transport-and-use USB mic like the Lyra to make sure my sound is clean. Whether you're like me and recording a podcast, a musician recording vocals or an instrument, or if you need to do a voiceover for a YouTube channel, Lyra's innovative AKG Adaptive Capsule Array adapts to your performance to record pristine audio. It has four versatile capture modes. What's a capture mode, you ask? That is how the mic picks up your voice. Just trust me, with these four options, it's really all you're going to need. With AKG Lyra, you'll be up and running in no time, no matter your experience level. There's no assembly, no need for separate audio interface, no fiddling with software settings. It just works right out of the box. And Lyra is something that is compatible with Windows, Mac, iOS, and Android devices, and all major recording softwares. So... If you're looking for a mic that offers ease of use along with a high quality sound, check out the AKG Lyra and look no further. Now I think that that makes a lot of sense. I I, I always, I, I don't know, as I go through today, as I was writing up the outline for this, I just kind of was going through your catalog, like listening, picking a few songs throughout each album along the way and I could just I don't know I just kind of sensed that there was growth and I I just to me I was like I just wonder if this kind of correlates with life experiences and then you talk about it, you're like I've had two marriages I spent a lot of time on the road like these kinds of things are going to have that kind of impact on you and that's as an artist you're not going to be able to help but reflect that in the type of songs that you produce and I give you a good example of this because you talked about you were like I'm going to go through my fucking bad girl phase right now because mm-hmm. I haven't been able to do that yet. But then to me, I think a song like Grow Old With Me. Your whiskey straight. I'm beer in a bottle. And you're the rock. I'm more the rolling stone. together grow with me i'll keep you young forever is much more mature it's a song that would have to be written by someone who is thinking more about settling down lifelong partner um and just doing that thinking about life in that way rather than the bad girl phase type of thing 
And right. Yeah. Is that kind of where this came from? Yeah. I mean, that, that it's funny because that song, um, I wrote that with Lori McKenna, like probably two months before I filed for divorce. <laughs> oh. Um, but, um, but I wanted that to work. I wanted that relationship to work out, but it didn't. So it actually took me about a year to even be able to sing that song live. So it was written, but you just weren't ready to do it. Oh, no, it was too it emotional. Was, it was out. It was on an album and people would get pissed that I wouldn't play it. Oh, really? But I didn't want to. There was one girl in um, Washington, D.C. And she was they had traveled from like Philadelphia or something to, to be there. And between every song, she was screaming, grow old with me, like <laughs> screaming it. And finally, after about six times, I, I leaned over to her and I said, I'm not doing that song tonight. Please stop asking for it. So afterwards, um, the guys are all outside, you know, we're all outside the venue, just kind of hanging out. And this group of girls came up to me and this girl was kind of being a little heavy handed with it and was like, we drove all the way here to see you sing that song and you didn't sing that song. And I said, okay, I'm sorry, but here's why I didn't sing that song. And it was really rough for me to actually verbalize it, to, to say like, I'm sorry, but like, I can't sing that song. I, I physically can't get through that song. And it shut her up immediately. She's like, oh my God, I had no idea. But oh, wow. something about, something about verbalizing that to her made me okay. Like pretty soon after that, I was able to start singing it. And, you know, it was just a rough time, but yes, I mean, I, I feel like I thought my second marriage was the the marriage. I thought that was yeah. the one that was going to work and it didn't, you know? And so certainly not proud of it, but like, again, it's part of who I am. So what an interesting concept though, to be, it's that the, the, the ability to be able to perform and, and put that out on stage was just kind of like locked inside of you somewhere. And it's so, I don't know, I find it really fascinating that that conversation just kind of turned the key and opened it up. And you were like, I don't know, maybe that was just like kind of a little therapeutic moment for you where you were just like, oh, I feel okay now. Like, yeah, let's, let's, let's try and work this into the set. I think let's I was embarrassed. Like, I think I was embarrassed that I had a song out that people loved that I couldn't sing, you know, and, and I couldn't sing it because I didn't want to start crying in front of fans, you know? Yeah. And so, um, anyway and once i kind of addressed it it was sort of like oh it's really not that big of a deal like it's that marriage has been over now for two years you know and and it's good everything's good now and the weirdest thing is that that song now in the last couple of days has started like really getting a lot of uh, spins on Spotify, which is super random because it that song is four years old. Hmm. You just wonder what no. kind of thing is like a catalyst for something like that to no all idea. of a sudden reignite. No idea. I have zero idea. 
I'm, I'm usually, I can get really creative with these things, but we're, we're not, <laughs> let's not go down that road. I don't have enough wine. <laughs> and it's too early for me to think about drinking wine right now. <laughs> well, it depends. But um, what can Champagne we... Champagne, maybe. Champagne, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. You got a little splash of OJ in it. Um, mm-hmm. What can we expect from Sunny Sweeney as the hopeful light of, you know, normal life and the days and months ahead are upon us, we, we, we hope. So we have um, a new record done. We're just waiting to pick out a release date for it. Paul Cawthon is producing it. Um, and um, I've been listening to a lot of Stevie Nicks and Neil Young and Tom Petty. Love it. And so there's there's a couple of songs that are completely outside the box for me, but I am so freaking stoked about them. What we're talking not country sounding, no twang. Yeah. I mean, my voice is always going to be country, like no oh, matter yeah. what I do. But I feel like there is definitely some there is some stone cold country stuff on it, but there is some stuff that even shocks me when I re-listen to it and I'm just like so excited um I went and saw Stevie Nicks for the first time I saw Fleetwood Mac um it was a gift from my manager he bought me and my guitar player tickets to go see Fleetwood Mac in Boston at the end of 2019 and Uh she's always been my hero as far as just like being just so badass and gypsy the whole like thing that I love, like just not being tied down to anything. She kind of embodies that for me. And like, she doesn't have kids and you know, her music is her life and, and her fam, her music family is her family. And like, it's just pretty inspiring. Um, but anyway, I went and saw them and something changed that night. I, I don't know what it was in me though. And I kind of, I've always been obsessed with her, but like something that night, seeing her just kill it on stage. And anyway, I I just, I was very inspired that night. And so there are some, some songs I feel like that are at least that were inspired by that, by seeing her, you know? Um, I want to just give you, I want to tell you something from someone who's uh, recently discovered your voice and has been a, is a big fan of it immediately. And I think that if you were ever going to work a cover into your set list, now knowing that you've got a big thing for Stevie, I think that you would slay a version of Silver Springs. Oh my God, I love that song. It is so good. And I just think like the, the, like you say, like that country and like the rasp that you have in your voice, I think that you could just absolutely do that song so much justice. Well, thank you. Um, we, we put a cover of her song on it. We did a live album, um, that came out in November. It was from a um, live stream that we did a full band live stream in May and we recorded it in a studio and, went ahead and just released it we got it mixed and mastered but we have one of her songs on there called after the glitter fade
I know she's a rock goddess, like of all rock god. She's been uh, inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. You know, like Incredible. I mean, she's she's amazing. But um, but I think also she's a country songwriter, even though she may not know it. I think oh, yeah. she she has some really really country leaning songs you know so um but that song that you just mentioned is amazing and there's another one called storms that i mean it's like kills me it kills me um maybe i'll do like a tribute album someday to her not that i would do it justice because she's <laughs> she doesn't need a tribute album she's, she, she's so freaking cool but man she's just so good I, I, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I want you to get back to your little pup this morning. And um, I just, I, I really appreciate you spending some time with me. Thank you. Me too. Thank you so much to Sonny Sweeney for coming on the show and chatting. Really thoroughly enjoyed that. And I am coming, that's the kind of country music that I can get behind. And tell me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like this is just a person that can rule a room. I would love to see her play live, and we'll try to in the future. For the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Thank you so much. We need someone to be there, knowing they'll always care. Someone who lights your way each and every day Doing what you love is everything So we can celebrate the joy it brings There's so much to protect in our lives That's why Nationwide is on your side Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company and Affiliates, Columbus, Ohio It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.